0: This is really the most head-shaking story I I think I've read in a really long time. Yeah.
1: none of my friends like comics. This is a podcast where a comic book enthusiast talks to a friend about a piece of work in the medium and we break it down to see if that friend a first-time reader will pull it or drop it. I'm your host Nick Poffenbarger and my host today the devilishly handsome David Nieves.
0: You know th- thank you uh, I just tweeted about all the fun I'm not having right now <laughs> um, but the uh, no is, is this um so we record another episode that hasn't hasn't
1: at the time of the, this is going to be our year-end episode. Oh, is it? Yes. Okay. So this will be the end of the, end of the Cheers year. Cheers to everyone. Though. Yeah, yeah. Happy, ha- hope you all had a good Christmas or a holiday, whatever. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, happy new year. Yeah, um, I can't wait to tell everybody what I got or, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, uh, the episode you're referring to, the wanted episode, will be the one that came out right before this current one. And, uh, yeah, um, I wanted to put those together, Okay, no, that's <laughs> um, fair. you know, just cause they kind of,
0: yeah, and it's, know. it's been, God, when did we do, we did wanted, uh, and
1: at the time of this recording, like, uh, like a month and a half ago. Ah, it feels like so much longer than that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't, <laughs> did I didn't see you after, uh, after the anime show. Yeah. What'd
1: you guys think? It was fun. Yeah? It was a lot of fun. Good, yeah. Good. Race had a, had a ball. That's awesome. He bought a sword. <laughs> <laughs> and he's very happy about it awesome yeah. awesome it was it was a fun time though yeah we just uh it was it was cool just to kind of go around and uh kind of look at the differences between the types of shows you know and just being like Did you,
0: do you feel like there was a difference
1: i mean yeah like I, I felt like you know just like the people like you could tell like crowd wise it's a little it's a little different oh, and okay. like
0: crowd wise yeah i yeah. totally like j- crowd wise was an eye-opener for a lot of them i i knew going in what the anime crowds were yeah I, i've i done those shows previously and it was it's it's such a different crowd and you have to prepare for a different energy i i think so i hadn't put together any anime shows in uh six or seven years uh before this one in october and i remembered why i was exhausted by that
1: time <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i was just i out of gas doesn't even begin to say it and it's everybody that went had fun great you know we love it that's why you know the answer is that's why that's why we do it um but it's it's exhausting
1: yeah yeah no i i can i can imagine <laughs> and it
0: and i can only have so much caffeine in a day now like so it, it does not help
1: yeah can't depend on it too much anymore. No. anyway no, but, but yeah well um how would David, with it being the uh, year-end episode, we're capping off the year with what some would call the best crossover of the year, and by some, I mean a couple guys that I saw interview Mark Miller in the past month. Um, uh, we're talking about big game. That was not us. So. <laughs> yeah, it was not us. <laughs> but but uh, we're talking about big game. Uh, this is it, the unintentionally biggest buildup we've had on this show.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, this, uh, this what? This caps off our... Mark Millar, Mark Millar, was it a quadrilogy? Because we did, sure. So, okay, we did so, first Nemesis, yes, second Nemesis, Wanted, and yeah, and this, yeah, yeah. yeah, and
1: also with with Marty from panel to panel. I also did the Ambassadors. Oh, how <laughs> at a how,
0: point. how <laughs> so, fucking dare you do <laughs> a Mark Millar book without
1: me? Oh, I did Red Sun with him too. Ah, <laughs> yeah, we did that. A, yeah, yeah. Well, but
0: that's a mainstream book. So that is true. Is, that's yeah.
1: more of a mainstream book, but but yeah, um. You know, it's kind of funny how it's (laughs) how much Mark Miller stuff we've, you know, you set us on this path, basically, wanting to do Nemesis. It's it's weird
0: in 2023 uh, for one show to go that far into Mark Miller, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All, you know, every podcast I out there is agree. about like, oh, X-Men, Frank Miller. Oh, you know, Jim Lee, Image Comics, this stuff. Let's just take the path
1: no one wants to talk about. What, what, what is Mark doing? What's right Mark, what's Mark yeah. doing? No, but, uh, yeah, I, do, I find it kind of funny that it's like, when I think of like the biggest buildups, like, you know, set of episodes we've done. It's like, it's not Watchmania, which was like three months of Watchmen stuff. Wow. And, it, oh, yeah, and, it's, right. and it's not... You know, the Jonathan Hickman stuff we're about to do. It's the fucking road to big game. <laughs> yeah.
0: who, who are you <laughs> doing the there. Jonathan
1: Hickman stuff with? I'll be doing that with uh Brett and Max and uh, uh Chris.
0: Or oh, it, so. oh uh, before I forget, uh there is one book I want to bring up at the end of this to do yeah. in the future that... It's not a Mark Miller book, <gasps> but I know, right? <laughs> so I'll, I'll tell you the whole story after. But.
1: Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm all ears for suggestions all the time. But uh, yeah, this has been a tumultuous and confusing Ooh. saga of inward reflection and mild insanity <laughs> <laughs> on, on my part. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it, 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 like you said, we did Nemesis, followed by Nemesis Reloaded. Uh, like some Marty and I did, you know, Red Sun, The some um, last episode, that would have come out, would be wanted, that you and I did, and now we're here. Uh, So let's do some background info on this book real quick. Uh, It comes to us from Miller World, Netflix, Image Comics, whoever could get their hands on it, it looks like. Uh, It premiered with issue one in July of 2023 and concluded with issue five in November of 2023. So written by Mark Miller, art by Pepe Larraz, colors by Giovanna Nero, and lettered by Clem Robbins. Uh, For a non-spoiler description, this is it. The giant plan? Question mark comes to fruition. Can you really <laughs> call it a plan? That's going to be a big talking. That's going to be a big question about <laughs> this by the by the end of this. But I also <laughs> the next part of this description I wrote is it says Wesley Gibson and in parentheses question mark <laughs> <laughs> is back and he's bringing the fraternity along with them whose ranks now include characters like Nemesis, but the Miller World world is not without its new crop of heroes. So will Wesley be able to contain this pesky superhero situation like his dad, the killer, did back in 1986? Or will this new, more positive era of Miller Road characters triumph over the cynical evil that is the wanted characters?
0: I I have a question, and this goes into your show overall in general, yes. but your descriptions, do you pull them or do you write them yourself? I write them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, Cause that's very generous of a description. Like <laughs> that was
1: not in the diamond previews. It was not. No, was no. Not, I think, no. I think this would have done it more justice me, <laughs> but, or at least give it, you know, a, a bit more shine on that. Uh, yeah. solicit. But um yeah, David, what did you expect going into this one? I mean,
0: I didn't expect to, I, I, okay. So, I knew Mark Miller's writing, Mark Miller's writing style is very much. Let me pull a bunch of toys out of this box, smash them together and think of something cool. And I I, I can't remember where I read it, um, but it was a long time ago where he talked about his style of writing was more of like he'll think of moments in a story and build the story all around those moments. And I can kind of see like I didn't know what the hell he was talking about in reference to and I think at the time was like. Civil War, Old Man Logan, but I can see it here like very much like, oh, I just thought of it like I I could literally think of him sitting down somewhere and going like, oh, it'd be so cool if hit girl fought Wesley Gibson. (laughs) Yeah. Let me turn that into a book. Okay, Mm -hmm. book, book two. Yeah, Yeah,
1: I can I can see that even just thinking on like you know, something like the original nemesis or something like that. Like there's a lot of that in there where it's like, oh, this image would be cool, you mm-hmm. know, like and then it's just like sort of let's get there. <laughs> like, you know, it's-
0: and, but at least on the original, on even the original nemesis or nemesis 2, um, at least it had the it had it seemed like it started more with the premise than, oh, what if I just use this person to crash a plane into something it, it's more of a, like, oh, man, what if we explored if Batman was just a terrible, evil person?
1: Yeah. Like, OK, I can buy that. That's the elevator pitch of it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But this is definitely I don't know. I'll, I'll think of the plot later, but I got to have these moments.
1: Yeah, I am. Um, you know, I, I mean, we talked about our expectations for this mm-hmm. a, a couple of times. I mean, um, through the show, like, um, you know, I think especially on our nemesis reloaded episode, cause that's like the series that leads into this sort of, you know, I mean, like it's the one really big primer. it's the
0: one they want you it's it's the direct one that leads yeah it. and yeah. then there's all this other um to get to big game you should have read oh this this and this even mm-hmm. though six years ago he would have never even have said like oh you should read this because six years later i'm gonna do this other thing like no that was never a thought in his head
1: yeah and you know and i don't want to like downplay how i felt Like going into this book um, in a way where it's like, I just didn't really care. But like, cause I, I mean, I was kind of like pretty positively interested because I mean, if you remember, like, we kind of liked Nemesis Reloaded. Yeah, no, (laughs) like
0: Nemesis Reloaded (laughs) definitely got us interested in this.
1: And I was like, and and I, I remember saying, you know, about the prospect of it being a wanted sequel. Had me very curious because of just a, you know, kind of a connection I have with that book, like, you know, and, and just a kind of a, a touchstone moment of what it means for me. And like, so I was, I was you know, being a person who has enjoyed like his more recent work, uh, on the whole, you know, I've, I've talked about how I liked, you know, obviously Nemesis Reloaded, uh, the magic order books are I finally I finally read a uh, nightclub. Yeah. Yeah. Was was, it good? was good. Yeah. I still like need it, to yeah. get to that one. Yeah. But like, you know, I, I was, I was positively optimistic, but I wasn't like chomping at the bit, you know, like it was, <laughs> I mean, I, I bought my, you know, issue one with the JG Jones cover and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm ready, you know? And but I wasn't, you know, you
0: weren't all this is going to be Mark Millar's Infinity Gauntlet. I'm no, <laughs> I,
1: was, I was not that at all. But, you know, I, you know, like I said, I, I like Huck and Magic Order and stuff. And I'm like, it's, you know, let's give this a shot, see where it goes. But um, yeah, I'd say with that, we can jump on let's into jump the story in. section. Uh, this is where we recap the book at hand, beat for beat. Tell you what we thought along the way. That means full spoilers ahead. You have been warned. So the series starts off and we see a flashback to 1986, which is going to be referenced a lot. Um, that's when Wesley's dad, um, the killer, led the world's supervillains to victory in an all-out attack on every superhero. Uh, what a great set of pages. I know that I did this on Nemesis Reloaded because of Jorge Jimenez, but we have to just point out real quick. Pepe Larraz, Jesus Christ, he, <laughs> like he, it looks so good. He makes he makes this scene in particular, like with all the superheroes and shit, because this is like what you... You know, this is him basically doing Crisis on Infinite Earths, you know, <laughs> and like and you just see this giant war of like hundreds of superpowered beings and it looks so epic and grand. It's it's awesome.
0: It's it's, it's straight up, you know, it's it's even better than the return of X-Men books that he did with Hickman to, to launch that entire thing.
1: I, I agree, honestly, visually, and, I, and I, yeah. I love visually. Yes. I love House of X and I love is even on the uh, X event he did before that extermination.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um,
1: he drew that, and that was actually what kind of got him on the map for me. <laughs> like I was like, oh, like I need to pay attention to this guy. And then he was drawing the Hickman book, and I was like, this is incredible. But I do think this might be like the best looking stuff I've seen him do. Yeah, and that's a really high praise. <laughs> no, I'm just saying so, because <laughs> I've
0: never, I've never, I've never bought a book that he drew that I was not completely satisfied with on just visual story level
1: yeah yeah he's just if, if if you don't if you haven't seen uh pepe la raza's work um he's probably most known for nowadays at least the, the house of x, house of x um, yeah. you know x-men reboot with jonathan hickman um if you google that listener uh, just take a look at it it's it's hard to describe but it's just um it's just Fucking awesome superhero art, <laughs> like it's it's great. Uh, but yeah, so you know we're we're seeing this flashback and we cut to the modern day and we realize that um, this recap was actually Wesley talking about these events to Nemesis, like he's hearing it for the first time uh, at the end of Nemesis Reloaded when they're kind of hanging out and they invite him on the fraternity. Uh, Wesley goes on to tell Nemesis how heroes are popping up all over again in the world and that's not good for the fraternity's secret society business. And Nemesis is then like. What's this got to do with me? Which made me go, "Huh? Like you? you like like okay? I'm, like okay, from, no, from Nemesis Reloaded, like I, I was like, you know exactly what this has to do with you. Like it, Nemesis Reloaded was like six months ago. Like, are we really listening? Like retconning his attitude or something? Like it's like he was one hundred percent in at the he, end
0: of Reloaded. At the end of Reloaded, he looked he looked at the the trophy cape and was basically like, "All right." Yeah, let's do it. You know, also, too, though, <laughs> visually, do you think this Wesley Gibson looks like Eminem from Wanted?
1: No. Oh, no. not, not at, all. at all. Right not at all. No.
0: Yeah. No, it's so weird. <laughs> like this is clearly like this is a different guy. And I don't know why that bothers me.
1: There's like that we're entering fan theory territory with this. But but I I kind of I kind of have a thought on that because it's very similar to what we said about how nemesis reloaded is not the same nemesis it's it's a retooling of the character but it's not the same version like the events didn't happen the same I, and I, and the backstory is not the I, same i don't want a miller uh, a <laughs> miller multiverse me neither but I, I, i'm saying like that would make sense if we're dealing with this new continuity this new sort of interpretive world that like this wesley isn't the same wesley but for all intents and purposes he wants you to think it's the same Wesley (laughs) so but but yeah I I don't know maybe I'm reading too much into this but like I just think it's weird that now it's like their relationship is like tumultuous and like a weird defiant kind of relationship yeah I I don't know I like I said might be reading too much into that but yeah I just remember reading that even when the issue came out and going huh Like, But yeah, Wesley is like, I need you to go pew, pew, bang, bang and slice up, you know, the good guys in the world. And Nemesis is like, OK, I'll do that. I like doing that. And uh, we start to jump around a bit here, getting mostly unceremonious intros to some key players, <laughs> which I kind of appreciated. Can, but uh, can you like, call them key players? Because well, huh. maybe. I guess not. No. <laughs> but I don't know who the key players are in this story, David. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. <laughs> but but either way, we see, uh, you know, we get a little vignette of uh, Captain McQueen from Starlight talking to an elementary school class about, you know, being a spaceman and stuff. And and it's kind of like, oh, yeah, OK. Like, you know, we're seeing Starlight, all these old Miller properties. Uh, we see Prodigy, um, who is one of the ones I've never read his books, Uh but basically, I've never read, no, I've he's, never he's a super smart, super rich guy. And uh, he shows up to this archaeologic dig site. Right. And uh, it turns out that a team found some ancient structures that date back further than anything we have ever found. They say they're like as old as the dinosaurs, which is, you know, fucking unheard of. And the structures include a giant statue of a menacing head. It's the emperor from Empress, who looks a lot like how LaRoz draws Apocalypse. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> But, but uh, um. During uh, Empress is another book. I'm going to go more into that much later because there's an issue that might as well be the sequel to that book. And so (laughs) but um, uh, during his initial look at these structures, Prodigy basically speaks with a woman who's on site and been walking with him named Bobby Griffin and Bobby says she knows who prodigy is and that you know she has some information for him so she says that there's an organization in the shadows that runs the world and they make it their business to hide the truth from ordinary people and so obviously they're talking about the fraternity um the two walk over and they see a massive moat filled with skeletons and bobby tells prodigy that if he comes with her she will fill in all the blanks and what did you think of this like because bobby griffin I was like, who the hell is Bobby Griffin? That was my uh, thought. I was like, oh, oh my <laughs> God. That, th- no, seriously, that was. She doesn't get like a, a big intro, sort of like how, you know, Starlight doesn't. And then uh, and then Prodigy, you know, it's like you. I, but I put it together where I'm like, OK, I, I kind of know who they are, even if I haven't read the book or whatever, you know,
0: I, I just assumed OK, this was somebody from one of his books that I never read that, you know, clearly somebody should he should have really put I know like they put kind of a reading suggestion for all this before big game. Yeah.
1: Which was basically just read all of my books.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but it never really kind of dawned like it, it was so bad. But I I, I kept asking myself, who, who the hell is this? I have no idea who this is. Yeah. I think every time I see a character in this book, I maybe knew out of all the characters we'll see that he touches and brings back and wants you to remember. I knew maybe about like 15% of them. <laughs>
1: I, I knew, I think I knew more than that, but I I don't know most of them by name. <laughs> I'm like, that's Crononaut Guy. That's fair, yeah. Like, you know, like it's just, <laughs> but yeah, like, uh, but you know, yeah, it's just kind of odd and, and uh, spoilers, uh, Bobby Griffin is a new character. <laughs> <laughs> like not even a pre-established character I mean like I'm sure maybe he slipped her he he picked a, a random unnamed person in one of his I, books and like, that's, that's why funny. I don't want to say like is this a new
0: character is this not I didn't you did the research more than me I was just going with like I probably the fact it that point, I found
1: yeah. nothing concrete made me go mm. I think this character is new <laughs> <laughs> and made up for the story uh but yeah anyway at this point we cut to our resident super team the ambassadors who like i said marty and i did an episode on um uh, uh we see chun Hee, who's the leader she's codenamed korea and uh it's her and uh, india are running around uh you know the base and whatnot and uh, they talk about how there's a situation that their new recruit pakistan is handling and it looks like a, a tunnel has collapsed on a railway so he is on his way to help and chun Hee and india talk about how uh, they still haven't found a proper you know a rep for the united states um on the team and whatnot that, that will play yeah, in yeah. much <laughs> later Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, well even at the end of the ambassadors they're like oh we, we need to look for an american one or whatever you know and, and his
0: uh, whole like and i remember reading now so i went and read ambassadors and his whole shtick about ambassadors is the touching of no one in america is good enough to be a superhero
1: actually yeah and it's it's like fair 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 fair. yeah they 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 make fun of that more in this book too yeah but but yeah um they're they're talking about how you know we still haven't found a rep for the united states and they they crack a boomer joke about twitter come on mark but um uh, we catch (laughs) catch back up with pakistan who goes into a tunnel and there are loads of bodies all around uh, but these bodies didn't die from the collapse they were all like stabbed or shot like they were (laughs) clearly murdered and uh out pops nemesis who I, I don't know what he does. It looks like he like electrically fries Pakistan, but Pakistan's not dead because he's there later. But well, okay, so so
0: <laughs> the thing about the ambassadors, as I understand, is that they're all they're. Do you remember what that team from Valiant was? That um, hardcore, get, hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
1: power sharing. That's yeah. all it is. That's <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's like oh, they download one power at a time, blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and they get yeah. these suits and okay. So that's why he does. We're, we're supposed to believe that that's why he's not dead, because he had some power on him that, you know, let him get hurt, but wouldn't let him die.
1: If anybody from Valiant's listening, hit up Mark Miller. He might owe you some he money. He might owe you some money. <laughs> but, but yeah. No, but yeah, you you are correct in, in that fact that, like, you know, he he must have like just like you know, overrid his suit or something like that. You know, so, something along those lines. Anyway, he incapacitates Pakistan. And uh, he picks up Pakistan's earpiece, and he's all like, come and get me, you motherfuckers, or whatever. And... Uh, <laughs> I don't know that
0: he's talking like that. He, yeah. He had no, more of a, no, raspy, yes. a, a raspy gay man voice to me. He, motherfucker. We, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, you
0: come and get me.
1: <laughs> but we then get uh two pages of Dave Blaszewski, aka Kickass. ass uh, So Dave is like he's just gone with normal time <laughs> apparently because, uh, Dave is like 30 now and is just living his life. Uh, but it looks like he has written in to nominate himself for the ambassadors because that's how they work. You, you email them and, uh, you know, your nominations and whatnot for who you think should be a superhero on the team, be the representative for your country. Uh, We see one of his recent emails and he talks about how he tried to be a superhero 15 years ago and how, you know, he really wants like a shot at the big time. And he feels like uh, he feels like he was an inspiration for all the things to come after him, which is kind of a fun meta thing since it's, you know, Mark's first big indie superhero property. And he's like, oh, this started something, you know, (laughs) that
0: and. It was movie wise. Was it, it was wanted then kick ass, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say, cause it wasn't been like, Oh, this was his first movie, but it's actually his second movie. Or he could say, he's like,
1: remember when I discovered Aaron Taylor Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. True <laughs> enough. Yeah. <laughs> but he also, uh, he also says, um, he, he goes off and this is a uh, peculiar angle here for me. So, um, uh, He says that nothing in his life has made him happier than being a superhero. And then his girlfriend comes in and uh, asks if, uh, you know, they're still on to go to Ikea tonight. And he says no and opts to like stay in and just kind of go to bed early. And uh, even though a manifestation of uh, Kick-Ass is like, you know, shouting at him and telling Mm -hmm. him to go out and make a difference, upon rereading this, I realized one of the primary threads that Mark Miller tries to weave together here is a compare and contrast situation of Dave and Wesley. I mean, they both have girlfriends who like Ikea. (laughs) The first line. (laughs) I mean, the first, there's no way that that was an accident. This is something that I think that he's actually trying to get at because Mm. the Ikea thing is the first line in wanted. It's the one where he says, this is my girlfriend being like, you know, being fucked by my best friend on a, a table I got from Ikea for a nice price. And Dave, in this letter he's writing, is very similarly talking about how he's unhappy with his current situation. Wow. And and there's a mirror there where it's like Wesley and Dave are supposed to be two sides of a coin. You, like So <laughs> when
0: he's talking about like, oh, this is a sequel to Wanted, he's really more referring to, uh, I'm going to do the opposite story of wanted and make this guy's life or put a guy in that path, but have it turned out the opposite way. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think I think there's there's some some mirroring there. And uh, it's um it's one of the more interesting aspects of the book that I caught on to rereading it. But like, it's also one of those things where as cool as that is, and how much I actually like that idea, it doesn't get enough attention And nothing really seems to get enough attention in this series, (laughs) like because there's so much for 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 like three
0: issues. So this is how many more times do we see Dave before issue issue
1: five, four, uh, once in issue three for a little bit.
0: Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So he completely just drops it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, or it's just on the back burner and it kind of feels like it should be like the story, you know, (laughs) like, I, I I don't know, but maybe that's just because I get the most out of that kind of idea in terms of this, but like, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, but you know, for real, basically he's trying to show, you know, like I said, two sides of the same coin with these characters. Uh, Whether he succeeds or not remains to be seen, but I thought it was an interesting nugget to bring up. Uh, We then see Bobby Griffin, driving Prodigy to a secret headquarters of an old superhero. She says that trained her. Uh, she explains how there used to be superheroes, then the fraternity, blah, blah, blah. That, you know, the wanted story. And she says that she's the only one alive who still remembers the old world. And I'm like, that doesn't that doesn't add up, but okay. And uh, <laughs> she she then tells Prodigy she's the last of the old school superheroes, and she needs his help to fix all of this. Then the issue ends with a cool shot of Wesley Fox and Nemesis kind of, you know, preparing to unleash hell on everything
0: it does look cool and i'm trying to like i think this is the sh- this is a first shot even in out of all the x-men books that he did that his style visually kind of re- actually reminded me of someone i can't remember who it reminds me of now i think i think it's like a combination of ivan rice and mark DeShera.
1: i could definitely see ivan rice in there yeah
0: I don't know. It's just something about like the elongatedness of his figures. Yeah. Like, cause he, cause he's great in doing action and it's very well, um, proportioned to, you know, some more of like a photo reel it's partially photo reel, but he takes so much liberty with his style that it just, it looks so much bigger than it should be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's got this like kind of fluidity to it. Yeah. Where, yeah. <laughs> like it's a, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, there's just so much that there's that we could praise Pepe La yeah. all day, but, you know, but, but if we get one thing from this episode, just be sure that, you know, you know, that we gave Pepe La his flowers on this, but, uh, cause it does look fucking great, but we move on to issue two, which starts off with Bobby and Prodigy going to see the Chrononauts, Uh Miller oh, World's oh, time. Was, oh, <laughs> yeah, Miller World's. Uh, they're basically the we've talked about them before mm-hmm. a little bit, but they're the they're the time traveling bros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> By Mark Millar and Sean Gordon Murphy, right? Y- yeah, yeah. I was like it was it was that was one book that was like, oh, man, those two names so good. But like it didn't look all that compelling. Like you really had to be a fan of those guys. Yeah. To want to pick up that book. It was great though. That, that's that's one of the ones book. that yeah.
1: genuinely had a couple of laugh out loud moments for me. Oh, I was <laughs> like good. reading it. It's a, it's a little really fun. But um, Bobby mm. uh, and Prodigy are talking to the Chrononauts, and they tell them, you know, the true history of the world. And Prodigy is basically like, help us go back to 1985 so that we can verify that the world was, you know how Bobby is saying that it was uh, they say they can't do that because they don't have the funding and the cost of using their suits is like just astronomical. <laughs> and so prodigy transfer them like 10 bajillion dollars. And, and there's a great moment where after he pays them, Danny, the blonde Chrononaut not guy slides over and is all like, do you mind if we call you Edison? Like, he's <laughs> just like trying to like court him now. And it's, I don't know. I thought that was funny, <laughs> but, but yeah, uh, then uh, basically they go back um, and they can only do it for like, you know, 300 seconds or whatever. And, uh, they go to New York in 1985 and Bobby leads them to a big news building with a giant globe on top. Wonder what that is. Um, and, uh, <laughs> she talks about how, you know, the best of them worked here when he was pretending to be one of them, a normal human. Wonder who that is. All right, Then a big robot attacks and, uh, she says, you know, they'll see him soon. And through the sky, a caped man flies in and disposes of the robot. Uh, so now, convinced that Bobby is on the up and up, they all head back to the modern day. But they're quickly killed after being riddled with yeah. bullets by fraternity assassins. <laughs> they are tore the hell up. Like it's so a-
0: <laughs> this is wh- this, so. Issue two is where it starts to go into downright. Jeff Loeb ultimatum territory.
1: (laughs) I knew you were going to bring that up. I was like, of just
0: one gruesome superhero murder after another. And it's just so, I don't We'll get into that later. All the shock. Yeah.
1: Like just death for the sake of death type stuff. Yeah. Yeah, But uh, yeah, uh, the assassins, you know, kill him. Uh, What'd you think of the, the, uh, you know, even more obvious than wanted DC references here? (laughs) (sighs) You know, as as his references and his
0: books go it's subtle by comparison but it's still very much like let me hit you over
1: the head with his hand yeah, yeah yeah i just thought it was funny it's like you get the globe you get that he pretended to be a human you get him coming through the sky <laughs> like you know it's, it's, just it's like,
0: like I, it's just short of um which issue was spawn was it was uh cerberus that takes him through um Oh, I don't
1: remember the issue, Um, but it's in the first, like, 50. Yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) but you remember the issue I'm talking about, right, where Mm -hmm. he's taking them through hell and all the superheroes are there. And it basically, like, puts every famous superhero hand through in that shot. Yeah, it's it's that. Yeah, it it, it is
1: that. Yeah. (laughs) But but yeah, so, you know, yeah, fucking Bobby Prodigy, the chrononauts, they're dead, you know, dead. And uh, we see Wesley working out. And he is informed that, you know, Bobby Prodigy and Chrononauts have been taken care of. So he gives the order for Hit Girl next. And I will say, like, when he said, like, go after hit girl next part of me did think no not mindy like <laughs> no <laughs> it's too soon i was i was like no come on we you already killed the fun time traveling guys you know you kill the fun like, time
0: traveling guys <laughs> but okay but you're about to go after uh you're about to go after hit girl in, in this next part but the way she gets we'll spoil it ahead but the way she gets saved is very it's too convenient even for mark miller
1: Really? You I think? think so. Okay, well, I got to. Oh, right. well, yeah. Okay, so what happens is that we, we then cut to Mindy, uh, who is on her way to the comic book store since it's Wednesday. She still keeps up that tradition for her dad. Uh, there are sniper teams set up outside every comic book store in the city that she is set up in, but once she pulls up, a man sticks his head up in her back seat, gun in hand, tells her to keep driving or she will be killed. Mindy is clearly confused, and the man tells her that he works for a secret independent spy organization, and they received word about some high-profile assassinations being planned. They could only decode one name and it was hers. So he's here to help her. And she asks who he is and he tells her special agent, Gary Unwin, but she can call him Eggsy. And I'm like, oh, a Kingsman.
0: Good <laughs> old Eggsy came in. So the Kingsmen are around in the Mark Miller world. and Just, just around? <laughs> they were a secret organization who supposedly was the most, you know, beyond CIA, beyond this and that. But... They didn't know any of Wesley Gibson happened.
1: That's peculiar. Uh, They they seem to only have like the barest inkling of of, of who he is, uh, which is, yeah, that becomes relevant in the the next few pages, I think. But uh, yeah, like it's actually comical when you think of how many secret organizations are in this story. (laughs) 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 But 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 yes, it is. It is weird (laughs) that that egg have like had. Absolutely no idea until like now, you know, <laughs> like, and all out of all the high
0: profile assassination targets. I mean, they only decoded Mindy. Mindy. Yeah. And that that's fine. I, I will accept that is that. that is strange because it's like, why? But why like,
1: just that one?
0: <laughs> but, you know, did they know? I, I guess it's it's very much I have a stupid brain of like if I see like if I see a tea kettle on a screen in a show or a movie my head instantly goes to what tea is in that kettle like I, it's a stupid detail but I need to know it in order to be satisfied and it's that I'm I'm looking at these pages with that same level of <laughs> screw I me need, I need <laughs> to know why the hell did you know that she was hit girl or is it just the name in your book like there's so many like blank spots here that get opened up
1: yeah we do never really see them have like a conversation about like her being hit girl, you know, like it's a, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. But basically, you know, as those two drive off, we catch up with the ambassadors and chun He has uh, summoned most of the roster to go check on what happened to Pakistan. Uh, they received his distress signal in Siberia, which is like thousands of miles from where he was captured. Uh, they teleport into where the signal came from, but Nemesis is waiting there for them. He has Pakistan beaten up and tied in front of him and he's sitting on like a throne thing or whatever. <laughs> it's not a
0: throne. He's just sitting on some rocks that yeah. have... He's conveni- sitting as if it's a throne. <laughs> conveniently formed in the shape of a throne.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I would have really loved if he would have
1: just called him the hardcore <laughs> that'd be that'd be a very Deadpool move of him I, yeah. and they obviously I think Mark we talked about it on the Nemesis episode but he wants you to think a little Deadpool with mm-hmm. this, you know but with Nemesis but uh he doesn't quite go that meta but uh yeah chun he like you know Starts to threaten Nemesis like, oh, you know, uh, but but he just like interrupts her and says she won't do anything because he has a friend who can access their artificial power bank. And he has all of their available abilities stolen from them for the next five minutes. So he kills the shit out of them. I don't really know what else to say. It looks great. I mean, but but oh, yeah. No, no, like- no, no.
0: Let, 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 so let's, let's <laughs> take it by the numbers here. So, you know, in the shot of the throne with him on the throne, he's holding a giant ass sword mm-hmm. from. That was at the end of the Nemesis 2 when he's in the, uh he's fighting the one wizard woman.
1: Yeah. 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 That was it. in the,
0: cat. he has that sword. So that's sort of supposed to be a callback in that. But so like, you know, Korea just chops her in half. Yeah. And that's kind of, I, I really want to know if that's a Mark thing. I Mark mark wrote the script that way or if it's just kill them in the gruesome ways and pepe comes up with all this stuff
1: yeah like like the actual structuring of it and whatnot yeah yeah i'm not really sure because like yeah like but but i mean yeah basically nemesis single-handedly kills the ambassadors and then says they're going to go after the vampire kids and huck next Uh, vampire kids are the nightclub uh this issue actually like when it ended, it kind of had me excited by the end just because I thought that the rest of the book would be kind of like Nemesis versus Miller World. You know, <laughs> like and it was like that's kind of a fun idea. Like, you know, that but- <laughs> was but that
0: was the promise at the end of Nemesis too. not not like directly in a specific line of dialogue. Yeah. But in terms of his story. You know, yes, he did bring back Wesley Gibson and you're supposed to be shocked by that. And oh, cool. Like this thing's going to tie together now. But the promise was very much Nemesis versus the Miller world. And this is the most.
1: We the most you get that. of that. Yes. Yeah. I Yeah. It's kind of like a big setup for you know, a bunch of other stuff <laughs> like, you know, it, it doesn't really. The flow is strange, I guess is what we're getting at here. But uh, speaking of the flow being strange, issue three kills Huck in two pages to start. Um, so <laughs> yeah, I I actually kind of like this sequence, but it's like, why is Huck on like, it, you know, I don't know. Why is he on the cover but dies first thing and gets no dialogue? <laughs> That's very weird. Like, like (laughs) the story is like the story is very hook. From that volume that of Huck mm. that, that Miller has done. Like it I guess Huck saw a polar bear cub at his local zoo who looked sad. So Huck was running with the bear in his backpack to find his family because he can track stuff and you know, and that's his whole thing. Uh and he's super like resilient. But some Assassin jet pilots like fly in and they they talk about his abilities to track things and the pilot who was uninformed says, That's the maddest fucking thing I ever heard in my life. Drop the nuke. That's
0: yeah, no, it's it's crazy that two pilots on an assassination mission would give that much exposition.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's odd. Before, I just love that guy's reaction to who Huck is. Yeah, it's just like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's <laughs> like that's it, the most wholesome thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, like it's just,
0: <laughs> and, and it does. It's like that sequence. Um, is done in such a way that it's supposed to be tender and endearing. Like you're supposed to instantly.
1: But if you don't know who Huck is, like you're just like, what?
0: <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, why did they need a nuke to kill that person? Yeah. And you don't know because you didn't read the, or, you know, if you don't know, it's because you didn't read that vault, that series, which is an okay series. Like I, I, look- I
1: liked Huck quite a bit. That's, that's one of my standouts for him of the last few years. Well,
0: th- this, this moment and it does capture that character. But this moment to me with him running over Antarctica with the polar bear, it was a better moment to me than most of that series captured for him. I, I don't know. And
1: that's it's all opinion. It definitely distills him, I think, but but not enough in a way where, like I just said, if you don't know who this is like. But, dude, what <laughs> he's running to reunite a polar bear <laughs> with its family,
0: and the way he adorably draws the polar bear peeking out of the backpack as the missile drops—you are a heartless piece of shit to yeah. not cry. <laughs>
1: All right, Nick. Okay, okay, but, but you know, it was. Just, I just, I just hate that he doesn't even talk. Like it's like he, he has no dialogue. He like has it's just no like, dialogue. It's and it's the first two pages. Like it's just like wh- what? <laughs> like
0: the only thing that would have made this. So much better is if that polar bear had a Coke bottle with it yeah, (laughs) because he would have connected it to something in the real world and been instantly like, oh, I saw those bears on TV a lot. Exactly. That's that same bear.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, like so, you know, the implication being Huck goes up in the explosion. Uh we cut and some goons kill the kid who became superior <laughs>
0: in the superior book i didn't get that i because i never i grant i never read superior okay I, I, it was on it was always on my to-do list and i never read it and so now by just these couple of pages it's just like okay was it miller's shazam
1: uh, yeah it basically yes wow. yeah it's it's shazam superman you know kind of you know but thrown, but turned on its head, you know, that, that but hey, no, Superior is pretty good though. And, and it had Lionel U too for the art, which was great. But, uh, yeah, you know, some, some more goons killed the nightclub kids and I'm sorry if I'm, you know, unenthusiastically skipping past this, but well, no, no, no. There, so, there's nothing to this stuff like they, no
0: on the surface there's <laughs> nothing to it, but also like the way they kill superior, did they just turn him into confetti?
1: I don't know what they did in that panel because, like, be the, well, that's magic, though. It's it, or some kind of like warp gun or some shit.
0: And it's it sh- because it, it, it seems like it's magic and it should have come into play more later on and it just
1: didn't. Yeah, no, it just it yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. And like and, you know, it, it's like some of the scenes, uh, they're very well drawn. And, and, you know, the nightclub kids like killing them was is it, they do it in an interesting way, like with like a pool. And like they, you know, like have bars where they can't get out, but the sun will reach them eventually. So they, you know, if they're going to die from that. But like it, there's nothing really to this stuff. Like they, they all get like a page and a half and they die. That's the first half of the issue. <laughs> like It's just like you're just watching them all unceremoniously be killed. And uh, we cut back to Dave. Oh, I do see Dave. Yeah, yeah. OK, so we get Dave a little bit here. Uh, kick ass and he's donning his costume again. Uh, uh, just got to say, because we get a full page spread of him just you know, doing the, In the costume. costume. Yeah. And I love Laras drawing this. It looks really cool. I, I dig him drawing kick-ass. It's, it's nice.
0: <laughs> you know, so just real quick, not to get on a tangent visually, what did you think of Ramita jr? Kick-ass.
1: I always liked it. I thought it fit the tone, you know, of the book pretty well. Um, I'm I'm one of those guys that, too, like, I don't really have a problem with Romita. Like, even the stuff that is noticeably rushed. Like, I like his style well enough, but I can totally understand why someone wouldn't like it. <laughs> you
0: know? I, and I think, like, I think Kick-Ass was the first thing that really showed how his style was very versatile. More than just, like... Um,
1: that doesn't really look like any other series he ever did. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it, like, it
0: doesn't because... Of the tone it's trying to do, because it's trying to do superheroes without superpowers, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it does. It works visually, and it's great. I never had an issue with it, but I do. I agree with you. I see so many things that he did rush through that are a little bit disappointing. This, though, like the the one page uh, Pepe does of Dave in the, Invinci- in, that's, well, <laughs> in the kick-ass <laughs> suit. Like I said, very much like he oblongs so much of these like figures that like Dave is not supposed to look this heroic in a sh- in this shot. He's supposed to look a little yeah, a little kind of defeatist. Well, in he's a way, like, but
1: it- but he's also like. He's thirty, and the implication is like he kind of takes care of himself now. Yeah, like, you know, like he works out and stuff. Like you know, but like I, I don't know. Yeah, I get what you mean, though. Like it's a, uh, it's like it's, it's it has no right to look this good. <laughs> yeah, <It> yeah, doesn't <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's making kickass like his idealized version, basically. Yeah, yeah but but I think it, it looks great, and I really like seeing him draw that character. Uh, but yeah, basically, Nemesis, uh, had talked in the last issue about forcing the president to get on TV and do a call for action to anybody who may be a superhero to step up and help stop like a major threat that's coming. Uh, so they got Biden to do it, I guess. And Dave feels a responsibility to get back in costume and join this, you know, big assembly of superheroes. And uh, there's a great sequence where his girlfriend, Val, says that she isn't sure it's like a good idea for him to go. But Dave insists and he's like, I, I need this. You know, it's like this really serious kind of moment in their relationship. And uh, with tears in her eyes, uh, she, you know, tells him, to just be careful, you know, and uh, I feel like, too, they also try more compare contrast stuff uh, with Wesley here, um, because Dave talking about how he feels like a shell of himself, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how he hates his job and doesn't really do anything anymore. That's very much the mentality that Wesley it's, had. Before. It's early
0: Wesley yeah. Gibson. Yeah, it is. And there's even a contrast in the relationships that they're in yeah wesley was very much checked out of his relationship Mm -hmm. already where dave is like he's genuinely conflicted about well and his partners yeah
1: his partner val is also like the opposite of wesley's girlfriend where it's like she's supportive and like wants to help and you know uh has her own identity you know and whatnot yeah uh, yeah like I, i i don't know there's there's some I I dig what he does with Dave in this story. Like, I will say that, you know, (laughs) out of everything, I think that's the best through line the entire book has. But uh, God, could you imagine, though, this is that put it in the thought. I was like, could you imagine if at the end of this book, Dave fucking joined up with Wesley or some shit like, oh, my God. (laughs) Like it'd be like the biggest fucking like just what the fuck moment. Like ever. I think like it's I,
0: I think that was one of his
1: possible outcomes. And he was rolling that Edgelord Miller dice. Yeah, and then seeing what comes up. It was like, no, even I I I can't get away Even with I shit. can't yeah. make Dave a shithead at yeah. the end. You know? but anyway, uh we see at this point Cordelia of the Magic Order uh watching Dave leave from a rooftop above. I don't know why she's watching him, but uh she she talks about how they can't get involved because it's not a magic problem but she wishes she could help uh it's, I,
0: it's but I like i told you it's not a magic problem
1: but a couple of pages like, earlier we saw like a, a clearly like magical a magi- weird, yeah gun thing, a
0: tangentially like. magic thing yeah yeah uh,
1: so let me just say this real quick because it's going to come up a lot in the last issue especially but um i really like the magic order books i've made no uh qualms about saying that on this show before um usually i think i've mentioned it on almost every mark miller episode we've done (laughs) that i like the magic order books a lot uh i think it's the best series that he's done in years but i hate their inclusion in this story and the whole oh we can't get involved shit that's so lame like if i didn't know these characters or that book yet this would be the last one i ever checked out in his catalog based on their stick from this book Mm -hmm. like because they are just like fucking useless and they come in like at this or point four, or four issues <laughs> oh are so God. fucking useless. Like it's just like and, and I'm like and I just hate that trope. Well like, no, you know, they're, like, they're supposed <laughs> to be
0: like in a way he wanted somebody to be like his watcher, where oh, we can only watch but you can't
1: and To to his credit as well, in the books, they do talk about how they're not supposed to get involved in mm-hmm. like normal. Yeah. Like, you know, physics and things like that. That is sort of part of that. But like the fact that they just keep coming from this point on, they come back like four times just to say the just same to say shit. We can't get involved. Like, it. It's like, it, it's so fucking annoying. No, I get like, it. Yeah. It's just like, oh, but yeah, like, uh, you know, the, the, the issue then turns into a big sequence with hit girl and Eggsy, uh, breaking into a fraternity headquarters. Uh, they're followed like uh, they followed basically where the bodies of the Crononauts were taken, but Eggsy trips an alarm like when they go in, super, which I thought was like, come on, super, Eggsy super,
0: trips super spy alarm. trips an alarm. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, if between
1: Hit Girl and Eggsy, neither of them should neither of them should be tripping alarms. Yeah. Let's just say that, like you know, <laughs> like neither of them should. They should be way more cautious. But yeah, it's like you know. Anyway. You know, he trips an alarm. So, you know, they they start, you know, a big chase through the uh, facility. Uh, They fend off like, you know, the goons who are coming after him for a while. But Eggsy sees no way for them to escape. Hit girl has a plan, though. She pulls Danny's body out of the transport coffin thing that they put him in and starts messing with his suit while it's still on him. So they're gonna try to.
0: Weren't these bodies like dismembered by the gun? They were fire? riddled with bullets. Like no, but like
1: those panels, like their limbs were coming off. It looks like they were like shot to pieces. Yeah. Yes. Like I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but Eggsy, however, uh, runs out of luck and is shot through the head by nameless and panelist goon number forty-seven. Annoying. <laughs> I knew the that. Would, I knew that would shit out you. of me. <laughs> like it, you don't but, even see the guy who shoots y- him.
0: It's it's Austin Powers. Like you haven't even got a name tag
1: yeah you got a chance Pan- panelist goon number panelist, 47 yeah oh man
0: and and i yeah you know by the it'll just by the end of it you know the world is set right whatever but the it's ultimatum and it's just so flat in these parts sometimes
1: yeah it, yeah i agree um it, it it's here though where I actually really like this uh, this latter portion of the scene that ends the issue. Like so we get a fun scene where Fox goes to Wesley and is like, hey, we have a security breach. They check the cameras and they're like, oh, it's hit girl. She came right to us. How convenient. And they go down to confront her themselves. I love how Wesley, like in these moments, just puts hit girl over in this book, like him and Fox are like, I always wondered how we do against her. She's clearly the best they have. Like, you know, he's like he, he even tells her. Uh, he even tells hit girl at a point when they approach her, like she's better than all the others. It's like, he's a fan and like might as well have just been like, I love those kick-ass books. I read them when they came out, you know, like it's like he, he, like I love how much they love hit girl, like, or think that she's like formidable. Like,
0: oh man, you know, it's like, so it's, this was a perfect chance. This series was a perfect chance to bring back, and we'll see it later. The bring back the big daddy character. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, granted, it might undo some of the reasonings and some of the stuff with the character. But if you're just having fun anyway, you might as well. Like and especially like with Wesley Gibson kind of fanning out over all this, you, you could have just, you know, you do something to make those moments actually worth the like utter. Let's just call it masturbatory. Yeah. Talk you're giving yourself in your
1: books. Yeah yeah there's a lot of that <laughs> a lot of shoulda woulda couldas yeah you know to an extent especially with like the moments that he chooses to have sometimes when you're like oh why didn't you do that though <laughs> you know like it's a i don't know but you know not my book but anyway uh they confront hit girl and wesley says that she's good but he has the abilities of the world's greatest assassin as well as a superhuman senses uh, he aims at her and a big explosion goes off but hit girl is nowhere to be found because she used the body of Danny to go back in time. The only problem is she ended up 65 million years in the past and a raptor jumps at her as the issue ends. Oh. (laughs) When you're like, we're
0: entering time travel. I'm trying to think of, at this point, I'm trying to think of, wait, what series did he write that takes place millions of years ago?
1: I knew exactly where he was going. Did you? I had
0: no fucking clue. I had
1: just read that book like a year ago. And I wow. was like, and I was like, I remember this. Okay. I was like, that's the one he hasn't really gone into yet. And <laughs> like, I was like, how is he going to work that shit in? <laughs> you know, but so uh, now issue four, or as I like to call it, Empress 2 slash Pepe Larraz does his best Brian Hitch uh, picks up right there, but a spear is thrown through the raptor's head. Now, Hit Girl, gripping the corpse of Danny, the chrononaut, freaks out, but realizes that she was saved by Princess Aine from Empress, uh, because, you know, this is the Empress period of time. Uh, so let me give all the context that I said I'd give earlier. Uh, they give it here as well, too. Like, it's not completely lost because they give no context for who anybody else is in this whole, <laughs> whole series. But uh, yeah, who would have thought that this, by the way, who would have thought that this would have ended up being sort of the most important book to this crossover?
0: Empress? Uh, so, yeah. th- so this was all Empress?
1: Yes. <laughs> so,
0: oh, wow. So, so
1: Empress is about a tyrant, ruler, king, emperor guy named Morax, who commands not only the world but armies within space. Uh the focal point of the story is actually on his wife who is Empress Emporia, uh her name's Emporia, but um uh who tries to escape her abuser husband. Uh, she attempts to get away with their kids and a loyal guard and long story short she fails. And the twist is that this is No, like sci-fi future. Morax ruled Earth sixty-five million years ago, and they were like more technologically advanced than anything we have ever dreamed of. Like at this point, it's a weird and messed up book. Uh, Looks great, drawn by Stuart Immonen. But um, you know, anyway, that's where Hit Girl is. (laughs) She's back in this time period where this like crazy sci-fi past thing happened, Uh, and half of this issue is just wrapped up in the nuanced political intrigue of the Empress story. Like, we see the kids, you know, Emporia, the guard guy who betrays him. Uh, but it's all just, like, super unimportant to the plot of this book. And I keep thinking to myself, this is where you choose to slow down the penultimate issue? <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I, I mean, it, it, Mark Miller is a multi-millionaire comic book writer. I have no right to criticize how he structures his stories. But I was like issue four of five and we're we're slowing down now so to you, basically tell a sequel to
0: empress so so you spent one and a half issues first one and a half issues just downright you know trying to introduce people who don't end up mattering
1: so <laughs> we just, just leave hanging leave hanging
0: you to introduce one possible good exploratory plot point that never gets explored and then to do two more issues of just uh let's let's bring in bring in this cast member kill this cast member bring in this cast member kill that and then i get why time travel is a hard thing to not only explain in storytelling it's a hard thing to make really feel justified
1: mm-hmm.
0: like ugh, Terminator is a great example to me um back to the future is a little more uh let's It's it's fine, but let's make the consequence in science really matter, and then you know, Days of Future Past is the ultimate. Okay, we have no other recourse than time travel. This is more of a what's what's the right word
1: here? The ultimate. Convenience store. It's a very part of a story. It's the time travel is like very you, clearly the the dosex machina of the.
0: And you the, don't the, and I and I think the problem you have with it is like you absolutely don't have to slow down for this. If you did not slow down for any other part of this, explaining time travel
1: should not be. Well, it's not even. It's not even like at this point he's not even explaining the time travel. It's just like well, okay. it's just like the Empress story. <laughs> like, so, all, but that is all,
0: essentially like the Empress story and now i guess i get revolves all around being in the past you, which you had to use the chrononauts to get there and you slow down to try to make those two worlds matter more than they really
1: need to yeah and i don't really think when we don't really treat any other yeah story like with that kind of respect like you know it's there's like there's too much reverence for
0: this emperor stuff here,
1: <laughs> yeah, it just it's too much, especially for it being such a random ass book in the grand scheme of like the Miller books. Like he was like, you could tell he was like, oh, I'm gonna fucking make it fit, like you know, <laughs> like, you know? <laughs> like, but I don't know, like it, it basically like, you know, the takeaway from this is that Morax, the evil king guy, he captures Hit Girl, tries to get information from her. He employs he has this royal sorcerer called Diabolos, who you know. Mm-hmm. If ever there was a bad guy name, but to ex- <laughs> like <laughs> but Diabolos uh actually uses like his magic and shit uh to extract information from Mindy's mind. Um so you know they they learn all about the future time, like you know the modern time. And Morax notices that in her future, in the future, there is no remnant or memory of his reign. Like his influence is all but snuffed out. And he's like an egomaniac, so he does not like that at all. Uh and he wants to Reverse engineer the Chrononaut tech and use it to go to the future and rule there too, or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he wants to do. <laughs>
0: so, so wait, 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 wait. So, and I guess it, it kind of—it's the only inkling that any of this could tie together. Because you could have easily have had her explain, like in her mind, you know, download to them that the like Wesley and the fraternity erased any kind of trace of Morag's rule and all that. But
1: you didn't. You literally had that there. And it, that it, would have been interesting. It would if have If they had more of a personal vendetta yeah, against each other. Yeah.
0: Rather than like, oh, well, they don't remember me. Oh, well, fuck them. I'm going to go back and rule them now. I kind of like that. But here it, it was very much. It, it's this 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 whole story has a lot of things that it could have done that are wasted. And that's it's all subjective opinion. But. That was really one thing that stood out to me about this, where even like the so chrononauts and empress could have easily been connected because one has to do, you know, with time traveling and they could have easily done something to do that. Like it didn't have to be a first initial crossover, but it could have like given you a hint of, okay, these things can talk to each other.
1: And there would have been like, I don't know, probably a bit more uh, cohesion Likely, yeah, you know or so something something you could play off of like you know if like especially if they had already been there and then they wouldn't have to just be corpses for the whole book <laughs> you know <laughs> but, but yeah i don't yeah no i totally agree there's just like there's a lot of workshopping you could do to, to that could make this like it's like teetering on just being like really interesting and cool you yeah. know like it's like it, that's that's the i think the frustrating part of the parts that just don't really work for me you know <laughs> like but but yeah like so you know uh Oh, and there's a whole shtick. I didn't even notate this, but like there's a whole thing where it's like the suit only had power for one jump. So Hit Girl can't like just take it and go back immediately. Like it's like it's you know yeah. <laughs> like uh, there's all this whole thing so it's like not only do they have to uh like more access people if they want to use the technology to um uh, i guess his goal his motivation is like not just the fact that he's not remembered but the fact that they he wants to not just have control of like space in the worlds it's like he wants to control the time stream as well yeah. like that's kind of i guess his his crazy evil motivation but like um But yeah, so like, you know, Morax, like he has to, you know, engineer, reverse engineer this technology and figure out how to fuel it, you know, because like that's that's kind of the main problem. Don't worry, they do by the end of the issue, so it doesn't matter. (laughs) But like, it's like it's just it's just a little thing to you know show you why Hit Girl didn't immediately go somewhere else. No, like this is a
0: part where I should say, oh wow, that's that seems like it's going to be really difficult, and then you got to say, well, actually, no,
1: barely, barely an inconvenience. It truly is. (laughs) Yes, it's so Hit Girl. You know, after they get the information and the body or whatever, they, you know, they order her to be executed. But Emporia and her trusted guard, uh, they arrange it so that, you know, he could transport her. It's the only thing Emporia does in the book, by the way. (laughs) She's gone. We don't even see her again. But, uh, you know, uh, the guard tries to free hit girl and let her run off somewhere somewhere. But she knocks him out and steals his bike to sneak back into one of Morax's army hangars. And she kind of puts on, like, you know, one of his military suits and pretends to be working on one of the planes. Uh, meanwhile, back in modern times, Dave, kick ass, calling uh, Todd and Marty, you know, his buddies uh, from the kick ass books, uh, because he missed the bus to get shipped to the big superhero meeting. And so all the other heroes are on this giant boat. And uh, right on cue, Nemesis walks in. <laughs> of course, uh, he freezes them all. And calls them bad names before introducing Wesley to the scene, who just slaughters them all, like, instantaneously with a, with guns. Uh, and Wesley busts out a cigarette, starts his bragging speech, basically like, Oh, Matthew, aren't I great? It's so easy to control and manipulate all these dumb normies. They are worth keeping around, though, because, you know, every now and then you get a smart one that we can bring into the fold or something. Like, a, a, you know, bad guy speech. And... Enter Cordelia in the magic order again. Uh, They give Wesley the old Professor X freezing everybody treatment. You know, like they just appear and he's frozen, like walking in place. And uh, she spouts off like, oh, that darn Wesley, I want to beat him up with magic. But the other order people are like, but it's not magic based problems. So you don't get to do it, Missy. And she's like, fine, but I better be on the front and center of the last issue cover. And order, you know, the order thought that that was a fair trade. (laughs) (laughs) fucking jesus christ (laughs) i I just hate their inclusion in this like they're just not utilized well in my opinion i don't know but uh we then cut to fox and wesley talking uh all of a sudden Wesley has doubts because Hit-Girl got away, and Fox asks him, you know, what could go wrong at this point? And uh, they have all the bases covered, but Wesley says he can't shake this knot in his stomach. Then a red warp hole appears in the sky, Morak's ships fly through, and the issue ends with Diabolos on the main ship uh, saying, because you know how all this ends, revealing they have Danny's corpse with the Chrononaut suit hooked up to the main ship. And I just want to say, <laughs> I love this trope in comics where somebody says something, and then someone enters from a completely different area, or in this case, plane of space time. But Diablo somehow heard that private conversation with Fox and Wesley, so he could respond in that cool way, like when, <laughs> like, <laughs> with that line the, at the, the end. No, the, the best, the best
0: part is there was just enough energy in that in that suit that they redid for him to go back twice. And the first <laughs> to hear time, what he said, and the first time <laughs> he actually like he came in, said the line, but it was way after, or like not the right moment. It's like shit, we're going to go back 15 more seconds. Why? Like, cause something cool. I messed, I messed up my <laughs> life. I never missed. I've never missed an opportunity to make a quip. What the fuck? Diabolos. Oh my God.
1: Yeah. I, it's like that joke in the first Shazam movie where he's like giving it. Sivana's given his, you know, bad guy speech, but he's like really far away and he's like, I can't, I can't hear you. Like, That would be Wesley when Diabolos shows up. But yeah, like, so, We jump to issue five, the finale. Uh, We pick up with Diabolos and Wesley and their their meeting. I do like that when they talk to each other, Diabolos kind of commends Wesley for being like the true ruler of Earth. Uh, There's an attempt here to kind of make Wesley an even more credible threat as well for the first time (laughs) in this entire series. Uh, But Diabolos says something akin to how Wesley's father was like this perfect killing machine and Wesley is too... But the difference is that Wesley really delights in it. Like he is more of a butcher than a killer. And I, 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 I kind of like that, <laughs> you know, like, but, but also like, and, up in the stakes. Yeah. It, but Diabolos
0: also sees and should have commented on. Didn't you fucking look like Eminem before? <laughs> because he's drawn like in that and like not so over four issues. We've seen this like bearded, more tan, you know, slick haired Wesley Gibson. Mm hmm. And we're you and I were both kind of like he didn't look like that.
1: And then, <laughs> well, yeah, I guess technically that's. And now that I'm thinking about it, because because when he shows up at the end of Nemesis Reloaded, he's like that. So this is a Jorge Jimenez design. Oh, with well, the the suit. Yeah, no, yeah. What? Well, with like with him having the brown hair and the longer hair and the it, beard and stuff. But, but the suit that he was in at the
0: end of Nemesis Reloaded wasn't that the the wanted suit. It's similar.
1: It, it's it's a version of yeah, it. it it's not yeah, the,
0: it's not the vest, the cable vest here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, but in Diabolos' reading of Wesley, he sees him how we remember him.
1: Yeah, which I thought was funny. Yeah, because yeah, there's a little flashback sequence that shows him, like, in his cubicle and stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah, he looks like Eminem. He looks like Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, I don't know. He, he, had, he had extensive makeovers, prosthetics, you know? I don't know, but, yeah, so Wesley... Sort of tries to bargain with Diabolos, saying that they could go back and, you know, kill his king, then rule like under a truce. Abolos doesn't go for it. But before anything can be done, Hit-Girl steals the body of Danny and goes back in time three days earlier. Uh, so long story short, man, she's she saves everybody in order that they died. Well, uh, I do. Yes. <laughs> undoing the
0: entire book from issue two. And it's, it's weirdly, though, it's very satisfying and in, in a way that's totally unearned.
1: Yeah. Unearned is the is the key because because it's kind of there are a couple cool moments for people who she saves and like seeing them interact and stuff, which I didn't really, you know, notate too much in this. But like,
0: no, like like one of them for me was when I don't know their names by heart. So like the chrononaut dude sees his own corpse. He's like, couldn't you even put a bag over his head? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That was funny. (laughs) That was funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Did they even show her save Eggsy? Um, They show her save Huck. That was really cool. Because, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Like, one. because in, in that it's like the payoff of the bear was very <laughs> yeah. cute and like, oh, I don't want that bear to die in here. The bear looks really angry at the pilot as Huck, like rips the cockpit open. Yeah. Uh, and so they save the nightclub. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. Save the nightclub. Uh, save
0: the nightclub. And, well, so they save the nightclub. I don't get how they they just she just stopped the nightclub or warned them beforehand. And they, they kill the, the two bad guys in that limo. Yeah, yeah. They save and the ambassadors. I still don't get how they save the ambassadors.
1: So, yeah, that's interesting. It's like they somehow blocked off the way that Nemesis was able to hack into the powers, because I guess they knew in advance, which that sort of makes sense, I guess, you know, like but, if they were looking out for whatever. But she would have had to have
0: saved Eggsy before. Yeah, which we don't that, see. In order for that to make sense, because they would have had to have stopped the hacking of the ambassador's tech.
1: yeah. It, it, but I will say the ambassador's save is really satisfying because you just get to see them beat the flying fuck out of Nemesis. <laughs> they just beat the shit out of him.
0: You know, like <laughs> all the entire se- the, this entire series, you and I, as these issues came out, we, we messaged each other and like. Every issue was like, "What the fuck was the point of Nemesis Reloaded?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this moment is the most, "What the fuck point of Nemesis Reloaded?" To me.
1: <laughs> yeah, because he's just a chump. Yeah. And yeah. Oh man. They try to redeem him at the end here a little so, bit. Yeah, but, but- so,
0: yeah. So at, at the end, the ambassadors, you know, by let's call it divine intervention, uh, are have they get their tech? Uh, they prevent the tech from being hacked which prevents Nemesis from using their powers. So they, in turn, get to turn the tables on Nemesis, knocking his teeth out just to start.
1: Yeah, they really fuck him they up. They really messed <laughs> him up. Like I think they do what he did to them, like the order of powers that they use or whatever, like...
0: They, yeah, yeah. sub zero <laughs> plasma blast and one part was like the guy yells downloading kicking the balls and yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. like
1: okay that's a little much. That's very Mark Miller though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, like you know uh, it, basically after this she you know she saved everybody uh, uh then they all gather up in a big army and they show up when Wesley and Diabolos meet up even though I don't know how those events play out the same without all the deaths. <laughs> Like that happened, but whatever. We'll move on.
0: So, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because the Chrononauts have to die for her to go into the
1: past. It's really weird what he chooses to make linear and and not. Yeah, like it, it's, it.
0: <laughs> and like the whole like time is a flat time is a flat circle. It it just it doesn't apply because none of some of this. Well, especially not doesn't apply
1: later because someone dies, but they're fine because they went back in time. Yeah, it's <laughs> like what the fuck? Anyway, Kickass <laughs> okay. kick is still stuck in the park you know cordelia comes to talk to him like and through conversation she discovers that the main antagonist alien invader is a sorcerer sorcerer supreme or whatever diabolos uh so now the magic order can help i know it's played for laughs that they find out that he's a sorcerer and she's like oh are you serious and then but but i'm kind of annoyed by this like this is just if we talked about it already it's just a very contrived reason for her not to fight until now you know like cuz cuz obviously like I think he realized he wrote himself into a corner. It's like if the magic order is involved the whole time, they could just solve every problem. (laughs) Like, you know, it's like, and I get that, but like, it just comes, it's the last goddamn issue. (laughs) Like, come on. (laughs) Like, you
0: know, like, but but yeah. Okay. Wait, 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 but but back, 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 hold on. Uh, Let's put the train back on the track a little bit. So she talks to Dave um, and Dave has the, Oh, but there is a magic threat. And then she does the, what? Yeah, and it's just so South Parky. Well,
1: she tries to say something along the lines of like, "Well, he's technically using ancient technology; it's not magic." And then Dave is like, "He's literally called Sorcerer Diabolos." And then she's like, "Yeah, I guess that counts. That and counts." Like, and that's <laughs> it's like what? So, no, that's very that's
0: very RoboCop. Yeah, like at the yeah. end of the first RoboCop, like he can't kill him because he's an OCP. Guy. Exactly, like, you're, you're fired. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh okay yeah for those who, we were talking about robocop earlier but okay so my question in this though when she reaches who does she call like where does she go to to put the call out to all those superheroes that pop up
1: i guess it's just like a generic like you know it's like okay she sent out the call they got ready and she put them all through a portal to show up
0: but like where were they because a lot of them were like the Jupiter's Legacy people. The Jupiter's stuff. Legacy. Legacy I, yeah. I recognize a lot of the Jupiter's Legacy people. Superior is also there. Yeah but yeah. the boy had literally said I cannot become superior
1: anymore. Y- yes, but superior the entity should still exist. It's oh, like it's like the Shazam thing, uh, you know, so like yeah, but like, I don't know. They don't explain it, David. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I'm doing my best here. <laughs> but, <laughs>
0: I'm, all, I'm, I'm only one man, David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this was a big ask. Okay? <laughs> but, yeah, so Cordelia uses her magic to call out for every hero ever in the miller world books uh they doctor strange teleport them all into the battle uh we get ten thousand great looking fight scenes from laroz and co uh cordelia gives dave a suit upgrade to where he can access the ambassador's power banks uh i like that scene actually it's a good scene yeah where he is smiling and crying realizing that he has real superpowers now and stuff and that's kind of fun i don't understand how it works with the ambassador technology because they would have to like approve that but you know whatever (laughs) and uh so yeah, um, you know a big majority of this these, issue. These are gorgeous
0: splash pages, though. Like, yes,
1: they they really are. I, I know I'm doing a disservice not going to play by play, but I mean, it, you know, it's it's what I always say on the show: big dumb fight happens. But like, it's it's really awesome. It's
0: it's really <laughs> awesome, and it just do you. This is on par. With, do you remember the shots from Civil War number seven that McNiven does? Like when they're just in an all-out brawl when they escape the negative the negative numbers? zone? Yeah, yeah. And then They go into the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's just it's on par with that level of just it is gorgeous. It,
1: it, it kind of reminds me because Laraz drew the um, he did the 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 fucking intro the middle piece and the ending issue for the uh x of swords crossover yeah and um i remember that last issue is the giant x-men fight in uh by blightspoke and like you know other world and stuff and it's like it's like that it but but like this is just his composition has just gotten better oh <laughs> even since that and like and that shit looks great like you know but but he's just it just looks amazing it's it's awesome and uh you know, at one point, um, I guess the notable thing, uh, Hit Girl gets shot through the head by Wesley and dies. And Bobby, who's here, if you remember her, um, <laughs> she's uh, she's uh, you know, crying out for Hit Girl. I don't know, they must have known each other for like a day. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and, uh, and no, but she <laughs> saved her. So yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I get I get that. I'll give I'll give them that. But, uh, but Wesley goes to kill Bobby, but Hit Girl shoots him through the head. Wesley's fucking dead. And they. They handwave hit girl dying away a page ago by saying what I was talking about earlier. There's two of her because of time travel. Guess the dead one doesn't matter. <laughs> so.
0: Like, what the oh, fuck? no, no, no. OK, yeah. That's dumb thing that now makes sense is there were two of them in that moment because one tr- traveled right back into their time mm-hmm. and the other one was the one that was rescuing everybody after she stole. the. OK,
1: yeah. But But then I guess the dead one doesn't matter. The dead
0: one doesn't matter. So it's it's a John Claude Van it's a it's a John Claude Van Damme thing. I guess well. Now they would be as long as they didn't touch each other. I guess they're not occupying the same space. I guess so. Um, Yeah, I don't don't know, man. So,
1: so yeah, (laughs) my next (laughs) next note just says, so, yeah, the good guys win (laughs) question mark. And we get a bunch of wrap ups. Um, The Starlight characters reunite, which is kind of (laughs) nice. Sharky, the bounty hunter and the space bandits might team up. They like are hinted to cross over, which I thought was weird (laughs) to just put at the end.
0: Well, a lot of these are weird setups that yeah. I didn't really get.
1: The best one and the most earned one is Dave Kickass is selected as the United States superhero ambassador.
0: It feels like that was the point of this story, but it never really made that clear.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's because it's all in the background. Everything is in the background in this book, <laughs> like. It, it, the through line is whatever page you're reading, but then it becomes not important after that. Oh, like, uh, But
0: just, his suit looks so
1: fucking terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, it's the American one. So oh. it's like they they all dress up. The ambassadors are all designed basically on the what the country flag. And no, I, no, and I, I get it. And it's. Oh, uh, no. I mean, I was just explaining it to the listener if they didn't listen to our episode. <laughs> oh, oh so, sorry. OK.
0: um, But yeah, like that suit. Looks arguably terrible. Yeah, it's, like it's
1: not a. It's I mean it's not the best design. It's not the best.
0: design. No. <laughs> but you know, at least he. Uh, it, it looks like if Booster Gold was in the American flag.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is a very booster esque costume. Yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, it's a, like uh, before that, even though uh, Chun Hee actually offers Bobby the spot, but she says that she's going away for a while or whatever. You know, th- I don't know who was Bobby <laughs> anyway. Nemesis <laughs> uh, is shown to be. Uh, In a full body cast, we were told he shouldn't recover from his injuries, but he miraculously is making improvements. Uh, His hate drives him because he is fucking Emperor Palpatine. I also find it hilarious that Prodigy is like, yeah, at this rate, he'll be back in six months. And I'm like, oh, just in time for his new miniseries, huh? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry for being so cynical. (laughs) But that's just all I could fucking think. I was just like, I love that. Just like he was hurt beyond any... Like, nobody's been hurt this bad ever in their life. And, and it's just like, but he's miraculously OK. He's probably gonna be fine in six months. No, <laughs> like, no, no, just no. what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, Morax is shown back in 65, you know, million B.C. Uh, because, you know, he's just I don't know. He, he's, he didn't come. He's just fucking around. <laughs> and uh, uh, he ponders like an episodic villain, basically saying he might do something else someday. <laughs>
0: Like, he doesn't <laughs> care anymore. Like, he was all, like, dick hard about going into the future and making sure nobody forgets him. And now he's just like, uh
1: He's like, oh, weird. Uh, Sorcerer Diabolos didn't come back. <laughs> I wonder what he's doing. Yeah, I wonder what he's up to. <laughs> <laughs> but Huck is, you know, shown to be back helping people, which is sweet. Uh, and then we get the epilogue, which is the most ending i've read in a long time that
0: is a looney tunes ending if there ever was one uh
1: so the pages kind of do this big fade which is a cool artistic little touch um but we get some dialogue where cordelia is talking with someone and says that wesley went where we all go when we die and wesley wakes up in adistria the afterworld uh from reborn the book reborn when you pass on but it's like a reborn okay (laughs) this place is like a sci-fi fantasy world uh where like you know you go when you die it's like it's like the purgatory almost in the story where it's like you you pass on or you you stay in this world and make what you will of it type of thing you know and uh it's it's a weird like swords and sorcery sci-fi world um wesley wakes up in this peaceful field wondering what happened he sees some gnomes (laughs) in the grass and literally says are you guys fucking gnomes And then Bonnie from Reborn, completely out of character, slices Wesley's head off from behind. Her dad, who is with her in this world, asks why she did that. And her reply is, I don't know, dad, just didn't like the look of him. She then opts for them and her trusty dog, Roy Boy, to grab some lunch. Hubbity hubbity, that's all, folks. So is he dead? I guess. (laughs) and that's the you, you end can't, of you, big can't game.
0: you can't see you see this because it's not a video but i literally just was like uh, okay
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the end of big game
0: uh oh so at the end of your issues did you get that dumb not dumb and I, oh, i'll i say it's it's not dumb it's just too late of the miller world title reading, reading order. order that was should have been at the end of nemesis
1: yeah because i think well nemesis had all of the books but it didn't have the path it thing. didn't have a path. no yeah. it was just an
0: advertisement yeah it was just if a, you yeah. like this book read these mm-hmm. but it doesn't tell you like oh because you're gonna want to know some stuff yeah like this should have literally been either either something on a free comic book day he should just gave it to you in like a, a two-page thing yeah or at the end of Nemesis Reloaded.
1: Well, David, he had to put it together still. <laughs> but, <laughs> Clearly. But, 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 but Well, did you ever think that we would live in a world where you and I would more actively text about Nemesis Reloaded as it came out compared to Big Game? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> like, we did text about this, but our, our conversations our, were our much convers- shorter. <laughs> our
0: conversations were, for this So, so our conversations about Nemesis Reloaded were, oh man, like this is arguably better than what before. Our conversations during this were about mourning Nemesis Reloaded.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because
0: we're like, every issue that came out here just knifed it.
1: Do you think that we clung too hard to the hope that Nemesis Reloaded gave us? I think so. I, I think. I think we did. I, I, I. I I definitely did did, because that was the biggest component of me of any enthusiasm I had leading into this, you know, like because and that's not to say that I don't think this book was worth my time, you know, but like but it was, you know, I think I I wouldn't have had any expectations, but I also don't know if I would have picked it up if I didn't read Nemesis Reloaded and Nemesis Reloaded made my expectations higher, if ever so slightly, you know, like so, yeah, it's it's a weird Catch-22 type thing on that.
0: So, he, so it's strange. Um, I don't think two people have ever sent so many texts about Mark Miller in, the, in their lives.
1: <laughs> I love how I, I just a like sidebar. I don't even think
0: Marvel like ever texted this much about him.
1: <laughs> just just as like a sidebar. Like I. I tried to look up like reception and obviously I was, I referenced it earlier up top, um, Mm -hmm. looking at more recent interviews to try to get some, something out of the information wise that we could talk about, um, about this game or any insight that he gave. And, um, most of the people that I've seen talk about this book, it's all just like, oh, this was awesome. It was so cool. And I'm like, am I thinking too hard about it? Like, am I being too, am I being mean, critical? You know, like, like, well,
0: yes and no. Because
1: they all seem to just be having fun seeing their favorite Mark Miller characters hang out.
0: But, but I, I, I have
1: issues with that too. But if, if
0: if you don't want, you should want more for these characters if you really like them or if you liked any of these series. And there was so much opportunity in the concept of this that just
1: never pans out. Yeah, you, you know, kind of piggybacking on that, I. it's kind of weird to me how most of the big characters in this book, the most well-known ones, feel less like, I didn't bring it up too much in this besides my immediate like critique on nemesis like in his attitude for some reason at the beginning of the series which is just completely different from (laughs) the nemesis reloaded but it's kind of weird how most of the big characters in this book feel less like the actual characters like from the comics that he wrote and they feel more like the idealized versions like like he mixed up the medias a bit like kick-ass feels more like movie kick-ass to me in this book
0: like aaron taylor Yeah, yeah yeah
1: like which you know
0: to see i i i disagree with that i think there's still a lot of the a lot of the comic book series to these characters but we have nothing to cling on to about that in this series other than the visual so visually with because it's not the same art style that you're used to there's it's just a disassociation visually because story-wise it doesn't give you enough time with these things to gravitate towards what you remember about
1: them because this was all these it's very rapid fire besides all these characters
0: were so long ago (laughs) yeah most of them so yeah so like when you look at kick-ass in that suit you see aaron taylor johnson because pepe is drawing him not john yeah And And I guess
1: it is supposed to be he is one of the few. He might have been a bad example of that because he's supposed to be older. So you can reasonably assume he's kind of different than than he was.
0: Even even the characters like uh, like Superior, (laughs) um,
1: Wesley. Wesley's a weird one. Wesley's a weird one. Um, I, I feel like he got the nemesis reloaded treatment without having his own book. Yeah, like he's just I'm going to write him this way now.
0: Like <laughs> hit, hit, hit Girl reminds me of the Hit Girl in the comic. She just reminds yeah. me of Mindy as a character. And did you ever read? Um, God, I think was it that one? The Kevin Smith one? Was it a Kevin Smith one or was it? He wrote a Hit Girl book, like a mini series for Steve Niles wrote a volume of Kick-Ass, right? One of the like the later volumes.
1: I think so. Yeah, um, I, I one think... of the more recent
0: ones. Yeah, because right? I like, think. Yeah. think I think he does some pretty I, I trying to remember if it was specifically his, but I remember one of the later ones kind of like following up on Mindy's story and really liking, OK, how they've not settled that character, but really evolved it into she's clearly following her going to she's going to follow in her father's footsteps, but you're not supposed to really feel. It. Yeah. And I think like I see like her part in this story is very forced upon her, but that's like the one character in this whole series that actually carries their weight (laughs) in a good way.
1: Yeah. I, about the, you know, as like a sort of a blanket statement, but you know, it doesn't apply to every single character, but on the whole, I, you know, I'll just say I haven't read every Miller world book, you know, but, and I've made it pretty clear in the past episodes that most of these characters don't really Stick with me like even when I enjoy the book I remember like their core personality trait but usually not even like their name <laughs> like uh, in a lot of cases we didn't,
0: we didn't yeah. remember who the Crononauts were just
1: Crononaut 1 Crononaut 2 yeah yeah C- Crononaut man but yeah <laughs> like I think that if you are a big fan of a lot of these characters you'll go one of two ways with this story like you'll either just be stoked to see them and have them drawn by Pepe the Ross or you'll be like this isn't really the character I remember, or you'll be upset that they only get like two pages.
0: (laughs) You know, like do ask yourself a lot, like in the first four issues of this series, if you see a character that you like, chances are by the end of it, you'll just be like, why were they in this?
1: Yeah. Like they didn't end up doing much, you know, other than getting killed, other than getting killed and then coming back for like sequel bait. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like it's, I don't know. I, I, (laughs) in the end the nightclub was the best example of that the nightclub i feel huck too huck didn't really do anything uh, like i'll give huck had a really huck was the only huck had a more impactful death
0: yeah it was the only death scene that i was that i was actively like oh that sucks i hope like before you became
1: desensitized immediately (laughs) i hope they
0: fix that later on the rest of them i was like Oh, I don't give a shit. Like, this This story just did not make me give a shit about their death.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, yeah. <laughs> but, not, like, Nightclub was a, like, I, I finally, I read that. I liked it. Or, I, like, it was like the first, what, two volumes out right now? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like them. And then these characters come in and they're just drowned in holy water. And it's like, okay, that's it's cool death. But, like, why? What's the point? Like, you could have, like, if you, you could have easily have just said, Oh, Wesley Gibson and the fraternity killed all these characters, put them on a board of his and not even had to show any of this. Yeah. And you would have done this whole series in like three issues.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you're right. And the worst part about the whole like hard on that this book has for just like three straight issues of just killing the characters only to bring them back is that Mark. Was like actively talking about when the first few issues came back that like no one was safe and like people these this isn't like Marvel or DC people could actually die. Nobody fucking died in this goddamn book. The only person who died was fucking Wesley, and it was like (laughs) and
0: and so and so I and I I get that that as a classic uh, kind of point of view on these things that the real the real importance of a character's death is in what happens after. But the reality is is that none of them died, and even the one the only one who never died in this series, was Dave. And he had the only real post-effect of, okay, like, now his life is different and
1: it's going to be different from this point on. Yeah. I think that's, like, the problem, though, is, like, like Dave, Dave inserts himself into the plot, but he doesn't even get to the plot to the last half of the last issue. Like, so it's, like, his journey, albeit, like, we've strewn some stuff from it you know like being like the mirror to wesleyan thing which i which again is something that i really like but like he's not even involved until <laughs> they ask into the event you know and it's like oh i i guess this was about him the whole time but it really wasn't It wasn't like it, it's
0: like, <laughs> like like if this like if this would have been three issues it would have been all about dave yeah because he would have been in those three issues in those three big moments and it would have paid off and you could have accepted oh great this is you know, like, yeah, good for him. He's, he's an actual superhero now, but it just involves so much like superhero grindhouse that by the end, it's
1: like you said, the the toy chest clashing, you know, it's like, I, you know, I, and, and that being said, like, I do think there's a place for stuff like that. You know I mean? Like, I I, I like stuff like that every now and then too. I mean, like, you know, just turn my fucking brain off and like, just like watch something like crazy and it's like you know what that was cool and that's all it needed to be you know like it's like that's fine but like you know like like you know I guess I'm glad he did this like there there are a few cool moments um you know that that really stuck out to me but I don't feel like a sense of payoff like this is like you know, he's so big on calling this an event, like there was never any clear lead up to this crossover, obviously. Like, you know, I mean, he says that, you know, he thought about it and, and I'm inclined to like, believe him. I don't know why he would lie about that, but like, there's no way like he planned this out the whole time, you know, like, it's like, he just, he just thought, oh, I could probably combine those, you know, (laughs) like, and it's like, okay, like, you know, it's, but like I said, it, it ends up just being all the toys from the toy chest clashing together, like, which, you know, like I say, is admittedly fun on its own sometimes, but I'm just kind of of two minds.
0: No, I so (laughs) arguably it's not, it's not, I'll I'll say it. To me, from my opinion, it's not good. It actively undercuts itself every step of the way. And I I get that uh, Mark Miller's writing style is a very pull the rug out from under you kind of writing style. Yeah. But it's just too much with things that you've spent so many years crafting that people actually like and have like attachments to it's I I love like I love kick-ass books in the movies and I I'm glad that that panned out the way it did here I you know I like wanted I didn't like what it became at the end of this it's essentially now it's really just an early prologue but it does kind of get diminished to me if this is the end of his story of Wesley to this point.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm still kind of, and I think I mentioned this on the wanted episode. Maybe I was piqued by the fact that this was like, you know, the catalyst was wanted. Like that was going to be, this was like a wanted sequel almost is how he's sort of described Mm -hmm. it. And In the back of my head, though, I was still like, do I want, like, a wanted sequel? You know, like, I I don't know, you know, like, it's, like, it's a, I was open to it because it's pretty inconsequential, obviously, but, like, you know, it, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, well. Like, does that story need to continue? Like, do I need to know, like, what happened to Wesley? Like, not really, I guess. Like, as much as, like, you know, I I liked seeing him and Fox in this, even though they, you know, barely do anything. <laughs> it's like. Fox uh, does nothing. Fox in the story. does nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing in the story. That sucked. And. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. Like, it, this is just, it, this is a weird one, though, because it's like. I understand like, you know, he wanted to do something like this and I'm, and I'm, it's like, cool man. Like, you know, and, and Pepe got paid. So that's awesome. You know, <laughs>
0: like, I mean, but like, I, I mean, it's a, so here, here's the thing. I have always had the mindset of if you pay money for something, you can have an opinion. It, it, no writer, or anything can say. Well, what does what, what does your opinion matter? It's just no. If you paid money for it, you you absolutely can have an opinion on something because you exchange money for the promise of being entertained. Was I entertained by the end of this? <sighs> I think I was entertained by the last issue, but I had to commit to it, and I I think I only committed to it because I think in
1: the end we knew we were going to do this. Yeah. I think yeah, there was like, no way we weren't going to like talk about this book. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: I, I think after issue one, if I was just buying, like if I was just buying comics to buy comics, I think after issue one, I would have been out and I never would have got to issue five.
1: Yeah. I, it kind of fell victim for me by the, the latter half. Like, you know, after issue three, like uh, the subsequent couple issues that came out after that, it it fell into that period where I was like, what happened the month before? I don't really remember. You know, like it was it, it kind of it went on the mental back burner. And I think that's why this is so weird and, and hard to talk about, like the exact feelings I have on this book, because like I don't have like a strong opinion about it. You know, like it's like it, it's it barely crossed the line where I'm like, <laughs> like you were talking about, like, was I entertained by this? I think it like shaves out just a little bit, comes in to where I was entertained, but not enough to really have like that. You, that's that's fair. Yeah, like to but so all right, you know, to have like a firm opinion, I'm like I don't really have a firm opinion on it.
0: <laughs> like, let, let me, I'll sum, I'll sum up the the review and the feeling with just this one statement that I just came to mind. You know, in the in the previous uh, Miller books that we talked about and we're talking about like how he names things like this series should have not been called big game. It should have been called talks, a big game. It absolutely.
1: <laughs> talk- what, a, what a burn.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it, because it led you it in this lead up, it made a lot of promises and it never promised to be an emotional thrill ride. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That, fair enough. <laughs>
0: It did promise to be entertaining, and I personally, personally, I was not entertained by this as, you know, a comic book series overall. I loved it visually. That's about the yeah. best thing I can say for it. Story-wise, it just didn't do it for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, just for, for positive sake, like, uh, I'll say for one of the positives, um, the art is incredible, as we've said. I mean, like, LaRoz is probably the hottest superhero artist right now so it's it's a great fit for something like he's
0: certainly the hardest to get a hold of
1: yeah (laughs) and you know like i was talking about earlier too like with some of like the especially that last issue like um the composition to the you know his his slight tweaks to like these characters designs like the the motion like it it all really works like it like artistically i cannot overstate that enough but um i will say just for for mark's credit here like I, I think this crossover does deliver on giving us some uh, good moments between characters. I skipped over some of the little interactions because they just weren't important to the narrative, but I'd be lying if I said I didn't smile whenever some of the characters popped up that I enjoy or was nostalgic for or are there and they're talking to somebody else. Like, it's like, oh, you know, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, it, it's all just a bit too light on substance, which is OK. Like, we need that sometimes. But I... I don't know. I guess I just wanted more. Like, I wanted you know, more, like and I, yeah, I I wanted like, more
0: and I didn't get it. And it's okay to have it's a it's okay to have high expectations of an artist or a writer or any kind of storyteller that you have actively followed their work and are a fan of. And because, you know they can deliver. And you know they can deliver because you should know what to expect. And it it fell short of expectations for me. And it wasn't because Oh, I was expecting him to deliver something along the lines of Civil War when he talks about event. Yeah. But I know he's capable of that. I really just I expected I I knew I expected to have the entire Miller World catalog rehashed to me. I never expected it to be at like speed 3x.
1: Yeah, I think we if you kind of remember, though. I think it was on Nemesis Reloaded when Big Game got announced, and it said that it was five issues, and I was like, he's going to do that in five issues? And he's saying all these books are involved? You know, and and I should have tempered my expectations a bit more at that point, like, or realized it was going to be so shotgun because there's just no way, you know, like it, it, that that small amount of time. This this thing should have been fucking twelve issues if he was going to properly do that for everybody, you know, like it's or or even just like a handful of them. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, I,
0: I I think so, and that's fair. But when you set the expectation of you're going to shotgun this in five issues. It shouldn't have been five issues. It's yeah. I mean, if you wanted something more long form that like actually gave you everyone's um, story that you might miss, whatever. Yeah, it should have been probably at least seven issues. But the way it was done, it didn't even need to be five issues. It could have been. It could have been condensed
1: even more at, yeah. the, at the way that he did it. Yeah. So that like
0: then intrinsically tells me that that's, you know, I know he was capable of actually giving me these characters that he created in a way that makes them feel as important to me as when I read those individual series. And it just didn't. It literally felt like I was watching it's it's like when you were it's like when you watched endgame and yeah, it's Captain America, Iron Man and Thor but everybody's story had their moment of impact hmm. So like Spider-Man giving, you know, Tony Stark a hug, um, Sam Wilson, you know, saying coming in on your left like it. They didn't get to even have that moment of length.
1: Yeah. It's really like just like, oh, it's the fight now. hmm. Like, you know, <laughs> like it, I, I totally agree. I mean, the only one that got that moment <clears throat> was kick ass. Yeah. And, and subsequently, he's the only one that I'm anywhere near interested in the fallout of this, like magic order. I straight up hope just ignores this shit. Like, like for the future volumes. Like I, I don't, I don't know what it would even do. With yeah. This. I mean, what would it do? I guess. Yeah. Like, it's yeah, like We it, were involved with this and yeah. Are they going to fucking go fight more racks? Like, you know, like, <laughs> I, like, I, like it's just, I, I don't know. Like, it, yeah. but but you
0: know what, like the, the whole Miller world as a whole, how does it even, it doesn't even acknowledge the biggest thing was. So this, Secret society has been ruling the world for, you know, X number of years. What is the world after that knows now that superheroes existed, that this was done to them? It doesn't even let it doesn't even hint that that is something we're going to really explore.
1: Yeah, it's almost more just like a and everything was okay. Yeah. And we're done. (laughs) Like,
0: (laughs) you know, the stuff Uh, like the comparison between kick-ass and wanted the the world the Miller world as a whole um you know what's hit girl's place in in all of this now and even but even one of the things that it said it was um that it was kind of leading or trying to drag people into was was um the other book that it it says it references a lot American Jesus or
1: oh yeah like I don't get
0: that like how did I didn't get that how it's going to okay I don't know.
1: Yeah. I I, I didn't even look for that one
0: (laughs) because he says in all in like the 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 end, the end stuff about this book um, and his interviews after he's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be the one that we go to next as the big event uh, go to and blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, okay, well, it doesn't even really it says that he's supposed to have set it up here. I didn't. I, I, I went back anything. and I couldn't find yeah. it really. I was like, okay, it's probably a mention somewhere that I glossed over, but it's another example of I don't really know what this world is going to be, so I'm not even going to entice you with it.
1: Well, that's because it's not even like so clearly just not thought of as like a world, like a like a world of books. Like it's like these are all so clearly separate. Like, and I think that's my biggest critique is like I actually believe Mark when he says, like, oh, you know, like the idea popped into my head after I did wanted. Was like, oh, if I had like a bunch of books, like I could cross them all over or whatever. It definitely wasn't this story from the get go. He wasn't creating all these characters to lead them to have these moments in this story. Like he just wrote a bunch of stuff and then figured out like, you know, a kind of a loose way to combine them all and pretend like, you know, they were all like in the same world the whole time. Like it's. And that's fine. You know, what I mean, like that's, that's how they used to do the old school crossovers. Anyway, sometimes they would just be especially like the old Marvel DC crossovers. Like in a lot of those instances, it's like just a, a nebulous world where they've always existed. It's not that they go through a portal and end up in the other world or whatever. Like, yeah. it's like, you know, they'll, they'll, it's just a world where Daredevil and Batman were there and they just never crossed paths till now. You know, but they ended up the same as you remember them pretty much. Like, yeah, it, it feels more like that. Yeah. Like, it, and I, and I, and I, I get it. It's, it's so here. I mean, his, I will say like his other stories are better off for they, not, for not being like so interconnected. Like I, I oh, think yeah. like, you know, I mean like there's no fucking reason. And I think that's another thing with this though, is like, it just made me go like, well, why do I even want this? <laughs> like, you know,
0: like it, like I, I'm not. So I, I love Mark as a writer still. Like I think, yeah, me too. It, it doesn't sour me on anything that he's done before that I love. I, I come to terms with. You know, everybody's got their moments of weaker stories. Like even like Alan Moore didn't do a Watchmen every single time he went out there. He did great ones, but he also had some stories that I kind of look at and go like, eh, and. Every writer, every writer I love is going to have that. And well, I,
1: and that, that, there's always going to be that one thing that, like, it's not really, like, meant for you. Even yeah. if it, even if you're, like, a fan of, like, you know, every other thing that they did, like, you know, if they have a big body work, not all of it's going to hit home for you. Oh, you
0: know? yeah, like, I, I 100% agree. But the thing is, though, with this, you know, and I, I get that this was meant as a reward for, like – diehard Miller world publishing people who like read every series, know every, you know, every part of the lore that he carved out for each one of his created properties. I am not that guy. I love a lot of his stuff. I can't say that I've read every single thing that he's ever put out because no one has that kind of time in today's world. (laughs) But, you know, I think I am as close to the target audience or at least the um the broad sense of the target audience. I
1: mean, I, I feel the same. Like, I feel like I fall into that category as well. Like, yeah, I mean, like this should have hit for people like us. It you should know? have. Yeah. And I, and I think that's a disappointing point. But <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I mean, you know, hey, you know, they can't all they can't, they can't all, all be
0: winners. But at the end of the day, all I can say about this book is yeah
1: i won't go into it too much but that whole thing of like the idea of crossing them all over or like you know or just seeing like a few of them kind of intermingle beforehand this would have been cooler if like it just turned out that the wanted universe and the nemesis like books were in the same time or whatever and he did the next nemesis Mini series was like Nemesis joining the fraternity, like full blown, and we get just like a semi wanted sequel, you know, like, but with him, like, that would have been more interesting to me at this point.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> like, and, and like, you could do a much more interesting wanted civil war between the fraternity and. You know how it says it has. Nemesis
1: does like a splinter group. Yeah. Because he wants to because he wants to go even further than Wesley does or some shit. And,
0: (laughs) And, you know, and potentially in the fallout from this part of Nemesis's follow up could be rebuilding the fraternity. Yeah. Amongst all these like radical groups that are trying to take the power vacuum.
1: I'd be interested to see him attempt to do like some more. Deep lore exploring books. I I would yeah, hundred percent. I would be curious to see what he does because that's the thing with this is like this tries to be that, but we have no precedent for that in these books. In these books, no. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, and it just kind of comes off as weird. (laughs) Or so, but as
0: as a a sense, how are you on crossovers at this point in time as a comic book reader and as a person takes in?
1: (laughs) A com- comic book reader in 2023 talking about uh, events and crossovers. Um, uh, the well, the tired explanation that everyone gives is that uh, we all have event fatigue. People have been saying for that for ten years, and we've had some great events since then. But I, I, <laughs> like, I don't have event fatigue. Like, in the- I don't. I don't either. I I know my limit where like I don't read all of them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like even when they intermingle with books that I'm reading, say in like a Marvel or DC capacity, I don't. I don't read all of them if they don't 100% interest me or seem to impact the book that I'm reading very much. Uh, but I like crossovers. I like events. Events are what really helped me get my footing in superhero comics when I first started.
0: I, I agree with that. Yeah.
1: So I, I do, I do like myself a good event and a good crossover.
0: And I'm not, letter. so I, I I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll go one further. I'm not even, I, I'm not even fatigued in crossover a quote unquote crossover and interconnected media outside of comics. Yeah. Like the, the MCU interconnections. I'm not, I'm not fatigued in the whole, like, I'm not one of those people saying like, why does everything have to connect to each other? Like it's fine. Like that's why the MCU is created to do that. Yeah. Like all this other part of the appeal. That's all. Everything else can be on its own. This will do, this will connect. That's just its purpose for existence. And I'm one of those people that like, you know, oh yeah, like Insomniac made a Spider-Man universe and now they're going to make a Wolverine universe. And everybody's like, oh, how are those going to connect? Like, who's, like, why, or will they connect? Or, you know, is it going to hurt each other to connect? I'm like, yeah, no, like you do got to let the teams make the product and tell the stories that they want. But if they connect, I don't have a problem with that. Like, it's just one of those things where I know there's a possibility that it can, if it's done the right way, great. I'm not fatigued on it. I don't need, there are plenty of good standalone stories to tell and there are plenty of good interconnected stories to tell. So whichever one is going to come out is going to be up to the people telling that story.
1: Yeah. And a good, you know, creative team will, even if they get a crossover thrown at them, will adapt and still make it work within their own narrative and whatnot. And, you know, I, I kind of actually like, I really dig that aspect of it. That's kind of more of like my inside baseball, like, Loving of comics, but like I love it when like a team's like clearly like focal story on a character on a book that they're working on just gets like fucking sidelined by a by an event, and like a lot of the times, yes, it will end up bad, and or or just inconsequential, and they just kind of ignore it. But like when they fucking make it work, Al Ewing's great at that. Yeah, he's like the best, I think. In, in I, I think comics. Al Ewing
0: is uh, very go with the flow.
1: But he just, he just makes that shit work like seamlessly, you know, and like, and it can be really rewarding. Like when that happens or you get the right storm of creators, like doing something like that. And that's more about like, you know, big mass media crossovers in places like Marvel and DC. But, you know, I think that Mark had an opportunity with this to kind of strike that, like kind of, you know, two thousands event feel that he was known for, you know, in Mm -hmm. this, and it's just not the same. No. Like, it's just not the same. And
0: and I think like to, you know, and, and I get that the last let's say the last big event thing that he did was Civil War and it had something to kind of say about what was going on. And this may not have had something to say. It it may have just been for fun. And this is the result of it. That's fine. Like, there is a place and a time for stuff that is fun. But it, there's also got to be if you are somebody on the level of, of Mark Miller, there is a standard for you. Yeah, yeah. That just it, it, it. there is one. It, you're not some unknown that nobody knows what to expect of you. There's a standard for you, and people that love your stuff are going to hold you to it. And
1: or like- they get them on their podcast and they say it's the best crossover of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, I hate to. No, no I hate to talk shit. Mark, if you want to come on here, I'll tell you it's the best crossover I've ever read in my fucking life. No. <laughs> I
0: I and it, like I said, it it by no means sours me on anything else that I've read of his. no, I, no. Definitely, and, I, yeah. and and to me, he is still probably one of the top writers who I will always want to read what's coming next from him.
1: But I'm I'm more curious about Miller's work the past couple of years than I have been in several before that.
0: Oh yeah. So like, yeah, there was a period where I, not that I didn't care about what he was doing, but I just, it, it always kind of just was there. I never really paid much attention to it. Yeah. And I think it's more recently that he's put out stuff that I'm like actively seeking and wanting to read.
1: Yeah. 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 Like I've been, I've been thoroughly impressed with a lot of the stuff that he's put out in the last, like, you know, five or so years, like, and, uh, yeah, I just feel like, you know, so I feel like it's fair to hold them to like, you know, somewhat of a standard on that, especially just with the, the pedigree of, you know, his his body of work and whatnot of and, you know, how much of an impact he typically has yeah. on the comic book industry. Uh, but yeah, you know, that's a that's a lot of explanation to basically say, like, oh, you know, it was all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, so uh, um, uh, then let's say ask the ultimate question here, David, big game. You pulling this one or you dropping it? I I'm not going to pull this one. I'm not going to pull no. it. Yeah, I, I
0: just I can't. It's I, I can't. By the end of it, I can't justify. Not that I can't justify its existence. I, I understand why it exists. I can't justify to a fan of all these franchises that it is a necessity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it just doesn't doesn't feel like it unfortunately. Doesn't it doesn't feel necessary. I feel that. I feel that. Well, mm. you know. Well, we
0: we we talked about other um we talked about crossovers. I tell you, I want to do a book soon in, in the near future. Do you ever read uh the the Marvel stuff uh Rise of the Midnight Suns? I've never read. You've never read Rise of the Midnight Suns? No, I have not. Oh, man. So, <laughs> like, all right. So, I hate coming back to Kansas City when it's cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I hate it to death. Like, I'll come, I'll eat, you know, my, my girlfriend. This is my favorite time of her, year. Her family. Oh, man. <laughs> I love it. But, so, I went into Half Price Books um, yesterday. I was thinking, like, yeah, I'll go to comic book stores, try to get back Black Friday sales. So, I went into Half Price Books. And then... I'm like scheming through uh, blah, blah, blah. I see, you know, you see all the usual stuff. And then I literally see a whole a full ass trade paperback of Rise of the Midnight Suns. And like I used to have those issues, all the single issues um, from Ghost Rider and the number ones. But I lost Ghost Rider somewhere along the way. And you can't get Ghost Rider 28 for cheap anymore because it's the first appearance of quote unquote Lilith. Yeah. So like it's always been incomplete. And I saw that paperback and I'm like. Oh shit, I'm going to get this. Cause I like fucking, this is great. Like, so then I'm like flipping through it, everything that I remember. And you know, this is all part of that conversation about like it's in the era of every book that was supposed to be significant or part of a crossover, part of an event, had have a gimmick to it of some sort. Yeah. So like this one was like collectible mini posters that you put together. All worked on me. Not even gonna lie and say like <laughs> oh I'm above that. No f that. I'm <laughs> I'm a sucker for that. But I do like I I especially would like to get your take on it to see like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of that? Because for me, I've read some
1: Danny Catch Ghost Rider and I'm uh, hit <laughs> <laughs> something.
0: <laughs> it is, yeah, like you deal with a lot of like great, especially in this time. And I think that's why uh, the Hickman God stuff mm-hmm. kind of annoys me.
1: Is that like, oh, whereas I'm like, I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever because
0: like they're like they're putting all these like, oh, all these mystical characters are like at the central power of the Marvel Universe. And I'm like, you try to do this with Doctor Strange and Rise of the Midnight Suns and put him at a prominent figure of prominence in this and you messed it up. And now you're coming back to try to do that again. I don't care. Like you already (laughs) tried this once. I loved it. It was good. Don't even fucking do it. I don't care. But. I it's just one of those things that like that made me nostalgic to go back and read this.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, hey, I'm down to (laughs) check it out. I would I would love to do an episode like that. That It would be awesome. We'll put it on the docket. Dude,
0: that's for this new year. That's let's do it. So that's Ghost Rider 28 Spirits of Vengeance, (laughs) which was that like team up series, which was honestly some of the best uh, Adam Kubert stuff ever. Uh, Morbius one, Darkhold one, because that's where Darkhold like. For, I think, I think that was the first time Darkhold as a concept appeared in Marvel Universe Morbius, Night Stalkers, and Ghost Rider.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good one well there you have it everybody thank you for listening if you want to support this podcast check out our patreon at patreon.com slash none of my friends like comics follow the show on twitter at no comic friends for updates email the show at none of my friends like comics at gmail.com uh be sure to check out now listen to this that's another podcast where uh, it's a music podcast for me and brett and max uh, talk about albums and whatnot and dissect them And lastly, if you like the show, please tell your friends and family who might be interested to give us a listen. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Hope you all have a great new year. Have some great holidays. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back uh, next year, two weeks from now. Start out of a fantastic 2024. Right on. See you on the next page. (laughs)